Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a very strange day here in the capital with streets empty and tube stations starting to close. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Alex James, Managing Director of Building Management Solutions, a company that provides installation and maintenance services in the technology sector. Alex, hello. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for coming on the program. Um, firstly, uh, we're all operating under uh, slightly changed circumstances. Uh, I would imagine that you're working from home today? Yes, um, we are on a reduced uh, service um, since this um, pandemic has uh, arisen, but uh, we're still ticking away, ticking away, but uh, my phone is always on. And uh, how has this affected the way that you operate your business? Um, to be fair, we, we do a lot in the, um, the sporting industry and event industry. And as you could have read in the, um, in the press, a lot of sporting events and major events have been, uh, been shut down for a period of time. Um, so it has affected us. Um, but we have got other contracts which, still, which are still ongoing, um, maintenance contracts with, with non-event companies. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, uh, these these needs are in abatement at the moment, but I'm sure they will come back uh, full force in due course. Now, uh, to get on to the subject at hand, leadership, as longtime listeners of the program will expect me to ask you, what does the word leader mean to you? Well, from my perspective um, and my team, it's, uh, I lead from the front. I direct the business. Um, from a from a high level to right down to the the grassroots of the of the the uh, engineers and uh, the office staff, I would be focusing on the direction of the business, financial implications of the business, and all the legalities. So you know, at the end of the day, as a leader within within a business organisation, you lead from the front. And the responsibility in the buck stops with, with yourself. You know? Of course. Now, of course, leading from the front is is incredibly important. But also, I'd imagine that you like to foster a rather collaborative workspace. Yeah, um, it, 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 it's a it's a, a massive emphasis in our in our business, and um, I, I've been around the country and done a couple of uh, breakfast meetings, and my my emphasis with a with, uh, with uh, any business of any size, it's leadership, yes, can only be done with um, a great team around you. Um, mm. And that's, that's at all levels. And that filters down for, from the next stage to the next stage to the next stage. So, you know, you have to have a good team around you. You, 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 you need a good team to be able to lead from the front so other people are doing other things under, you, under your supervision. Well, when it comes to making up that team, um, is this something that you do at recruitment or is this something that you develop within the business? Combination of both, really, to be honest with you. Um, we, uh, we try and promote from within um, because with our team, team ethic, we, um, we look to, to bring people on. Mm. Um, but then at a certain level, more commercial element of it, we would bring a commercial expertise in via the recruitment process. 
Now, of course, uh, a lot of this has to do with uh, development of, of personnel. Do you have any specific mentorship pro- uh, programs within the company? Yeah, we we we, we tend to um, send our our high level management staff on uh, management courses, um, like an investors in people um, type of uh, uh, management skill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously, the the engineers they they develop through manufacturers training courses um, and obviously health and safety training courses and we we tend to do um, what they call in the industry on site to do toolbox talks uh, monthly so we develop the the on-site people's um, mindset and obviously um, uh, health and safety and practical skills Let's go back to the very beginning of your career when you first started out in the uh, the world of work. Were there any particular influences on you, whether it be a, uh, a, a boss or a co-worker who really formulated the way you were, um, lead today? I think yeah, it, it all starts out like, uh, like that as a, when you want to win uh, and run your own business. Um, yeah, my, my previous boss who um, uh, just still very good friends with uh, I, w- I was a, a great admirer of him and I um, I I wanted to be him I wanted to have the things he had I wanted to have the respect that he had off the off the engineers and the, and the management and um, yeah I, I got a big say in in, in things with business remember the people on the way up because uh, you might need them on the way down because I think you can't upset nobody. You can't burn bridges. To be a good leader, you have to be diplomatic. And um, he was all of all of all of that. Do you find that you like to shadow uh, his example uh, for your your personal staff? Um, we we will we would do. Or I would do it when the time was right. Uh, when the time was right. Um, but we're quite a young company uh, with a lot going on. Um, and I think we at the moment we've all got our own roles in the mm. business, but everybody still looks up to me as, as the leader. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's my responsibility to make sure at the end of the month everybody gets paid. For example, of um, course, you know that's a, that's, a, that's a key key part of, of business is ensuring that you know you collect the, you do the jobs, you get the jobs, you collect the money. Uh, so that, that's a key part of it. I think a lot of people do tend to look up to people who make make sure everything is all okay at the end of the month and everybody's paid because, you know, in the modern day business and whatever is going on in the world, I believe there's probably a lot of people who are struggling and worrying if they're going to get paid at the end of the month. Mm. Especially now more than ever. Um, before we go, uh, opening leadership up to a much larger scale, if I was to ask you to objectively identify the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be? Uh, over the years, yeah, I've, admired, I've admired many um, many people. Um, one which is quite close to home, um, a general called Martin Phillips, who... Uh, he was in charge of the Kingfisher Group, um, and he came to be involved with the uh, the Welsh Rugby Union chief executive. He's one of the one of the ones I, I look up to greatly, and the way he's he's developed his career and his leadership skills and mm-hmm. you know, the dip, diplomacy and the way of press handling and the way he handled the business. Um, 
within the uh, the rugby world um, is is one of my 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 um, icons that I look up to. Now, of course, our time together has uh, run to its close. But before I let you go, what does the next uh, twelve months have in store for uh, the uh, for the firm? Hopefully, um, we will get through all, all the, uh, the the virus issues. Um, we've got a, a strong order book, which at the moment is is not affected by anything. Hmm. We've got a lot of plans to go outside of the UK. Um, with some some uh, schemes and some projects, mm-hmm. so hopefully you know we'll be in a better place and a far stronger position this time next year or in the next two to three years, and we would have grown substantially because the the, the the plan in any business is is obviously to grow grow your business and uh, we we haven't done bad for been in business in 20 years and um, we've grown year on year and I think the next two years will will grow even more. Well, Alex, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you and I very much hope that you come back on the program at some point in the near future. Alex, thank you. No, no problem. Thank you very much for the uh, interview. That was Alex James, Managing Director of Building Management Solutions. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, who, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago. 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, and... um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a, there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and he's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess. He would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you, you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood. 
and of course a great manager in South Ramsey. So to come across people like that, that caliber, can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's that's quite purely the case. Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with with a manager obviously like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have. Uh, uh, confidence with your other players and of course they become your friends who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself was it more was it Peters I think probably well I was very fortunate to play with the caliber of the players I did again mm-hmm. again extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters who was a fantastic player and some, as far as Martin's concerned I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved and what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, w- would be the captain, Bob Moore. Although he was only uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more looks upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly in all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, football team in any walk of life to be successful and it's quite evident I was in the motor trade for a long time as well selling car warranties to car dealerships and you could almost tell when you walked into the business uh, in a, many of the car dealerships you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all and so I understand the, the, the value and quality of leadership. And that's why I'm very fortunate to be involved in my career in those early days with two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, or at West Ham, your uh, plane came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man, I'm sure when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, the first thing I say about Alf Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, mm. Naturally, it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand, whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you. It can have a great impact on your, <laughs> your career and, of course, your life. But yep. in that era, I was involved for six or seven years. He, it was quite clear who was the boss. He was quite very, very strict. Probably at a time, maybe overly strict, but at a time you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now. But he was the most powerful man I came across, and very few people. And he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. It is important that if you've got a group of people, and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn for you, and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. 
And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned, and I've taken on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alpha, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one thing I, one of the most serious ones I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think, uh, a, a specific moment, I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, if you could... Uh, perhaps pick right now that did show those uh, qualities in uh, South so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly, um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team or certainly in the squad and surprising they were not. There was no necessary reason for it. But looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um so that that's that's for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before I was I was playing, and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be, be playing in, in the team. But in a couple of friendly games, more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway, I think in Denmark, mm. I didn't. I played two of the four games, and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England. And he he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay. He started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Allen, so mm. I, I had an impact of thinking I. At that stage, like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Lee's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them and there really must have been moments maybe there weren't but uh, let us know in that 66 competition the prolonged pressure on all of you you know the weight of a nation did it get to you oh not for me personally no i, I think and i don't uh, not for me not for a second i think mm. i was just happy to be and I'd be involved in the squad initially. Uh, not at all. I didn't. You're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really, looking back out. Mm. So I never really felt people talk about pressure a lot, and it's there, and people, players talk about people talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessary to feel any great pressure, pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he'd moved one or two players out, the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that I'll show. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very, I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Uh, we had some great players, but overall, they were great hard-nosed professional players. Um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. 
And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I, I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows. In fact, starting this week, over the next uh, two or three months. And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And the, the, there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, the other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And, of course, I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal. And I looked round, put my foot on the ball, and looked round for a little while and said, oh, dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch. So that's, uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that and say, yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited to just have a, have a glance round, you know. Maybe it does prove there are things that, such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there, are, there certainly are. I've got another one which I won't bore you with. It's too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey, or Channel Line, Jersey or Jersey, two or three years ago, and most stupid, irrelevant questions, absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then, but we... Um... Uh, well, you want me, I, I can tell you if you want. You want you got time? I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on, go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in the you know, Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard a, somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to come up with <laughs> well, things no, like that. Just, but then I, again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did make again, laugh that If you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. Um, <laughs> but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think um, you were a young man when this happened when you must have realised that people, teammates, began looking at you for leadership. Um, is that something that occurred to you or did you just realise that by, by quick, one way or the other, people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration? Well, possibly. That's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now, quite frankly. That's a new, a new question. Mm. Does anybody look up to me? I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke and of course in, uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration 
Um, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. Uh, well, um, it, it's okay for a third party to do it, uh, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a, a helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitches, people must realise that that's, that has an influence, how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field. Surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team laterally. Um, yeah. And and with that, looking at um, uh, football today, uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader? Um, well, a, a player, current players, you mean? Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think. Some of the outstanding. I think the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that, that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolute leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely, mm. you've got to take him as the first example because Klopp's only done this over a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United and subsequently since he's gone, how they, they are not doing so well. He's the best example of management I've seen, we've seen, we've probably ever seen and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again it's absolutely astonishing astonishing and do you think could you imagine uh sir alf or even ron greenwood managing teams today yes i think so i think yes no Mm. no question at all i think they uh ron greenwood yeah the answer straightforward answer is yes um (laughs) the straightforward answer is yes i can elaborate as much as you want but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with, um, and I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England, who was it uh, that, struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership but uh, companionship and and level-headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? Well, I think we were very fortunate and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that... So many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we were successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned. 
uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding and uh, and just opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And going back from an earlier earlier question for me, that um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days every year uh, up until about five years ago. Of course, with, with the sadly dwindling yes. numbers. We, we still got on, our wives got on all together all those years later. It didn't just finish after 66. It, that reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. um, getting on with each other lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't, and, when, it, when you put those, those questions and how you categorize those, I would pick every one of the 11 players um, who you put in that category that were like that. There was nobody else. They were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We had some great players. We had some great players, of course. But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately, ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the, the, the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts, but with it. Yes, the word, the, word is team. the word is team. The word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk sometimes. Uh, together, everyone achieves more. And that, that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, uh, Jeff, looking, if, if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single-mindedness, dedication, dedication to the job, um, thinking about that, that, that role, that job in leadership all the time. It's a huge part of your life. I don't think you can switch off. When you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level, you may, you know, have a, way, have a couple of weeks holiday. But I'm even sure if, if these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm, I'm sure there's not, uh, there's, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organization. And I think that's. You completely focus. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements, and it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over the go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders' Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence in leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.